Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet, kind, and gentle GM, Woo Daniel Anderlich. And with me today is Samson Davis. Hi, hello, listeners. Alex Finn. I'm resisting the urge to just fondle this Gundam in pieces. I'm proud of me. <laughs> Don't do it. And Stace Babcock. I mean, is it really a lie? I feel like our kind and sweet and gentle GM gave us a fucking cat. Facts. So, what could be kinder and gentler than that? Unless he's going to hang out with us and help in combat. He doesn't count. Did you say that? As you heard. Just like that. I was actually taking offense on behalf of my cats, but I feel like oh. Starbuck <laughs> would actually help me in combat. But uh, one time my friends called me. They lived in the same building I did. And they're like, can, can you bring Onyx down? This is where we had Starbuck. We just had Onyx. We've got a rat under the TV stand. And I was like, you got it. So I grab Onyx, go downstairs, set him down in front of the TV stand, takes one look underneath of it, freaks out, runs out of the room, jumps in bed with my friend. She consoles Onyx. Onyx consoles her. While her boyfriend and I trapped this fucking rat <laughs> under a garbage can and then like slide some like paper underneath of it to capture it. And I would say release it, but we actually took it to the property manager's office to show him that there was a, a problem. Mm. It would have been better if you just left it in his office. <laughs> <laughs> just dropped it off. So not a fighter. Onyx, yeah. Not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. But you know what could make you a better fighter? <laughs> NTTRPGs. Oh, I was going to say love. Is it love, Daniel? <laughs> Wait, do, do we introduce everybody? In? Yeah. Sorry. Remember, yeah. I'm fondling things. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> hey, you know what else you could fondle? <laughs> Some diehard dice. Oh, I was going to say lady-shaped sconces. They are well-shaped and hefty and fit in the palm of your hand. So you should try that for yourself and get some. And when you do get some, use our code EXPLORESWANTED at checkout. You get 10% off your order. So you're getting a high-quality product in your hands for a little bit cheaper, and you're supporting the show, among other things. So do that. Die Hard Dice. Explorers Wanted. You're welcome. What is wrong with us tonight? <laughs> I, I was going to say, all of those statements, except for a discount code, can apply to Lady Shape Sconces. Get them in your hand. They're hefty. Oh. Full of surprises. <laughs> so, who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Stace. All right. No shit. There we were in Lathe. And Ilsen was being followed by Magpie and confronted Magpie. It was like, put on your mask. You're fucking wanted. And Magpie was like, I'm good enough. It doesn't even fucking matter, but fine. And so they bickered. All the way back to the Enclave, where they came upon an awkward dinner where everyone wanted to talk to Esri, but Esri just would not not have food in her mouth. Just in time to help solve a pest problem, apparently food was being nibbled on in the storeroom. So they go check that out. I'm pretty sure Ilsen was like, hey, I have something important to tell you, but I can't remember what that was because a cat happened. Ilsen told Esri that her cop mask that she has is hot. Oh, yeah. Hot and wanted. Very sexy. Just like a lady scans. And so, <laughs> anyway, um, Esri tried to, to appeal to the competitive nature between Magpie and Ilsen and set them on this task to find and, and eliminate the pest. So, long story short, Esri found <laughs> and eliminated the pest in the sense that 
She adopted the pest, who is a sentient talking cat with bat wings. Calico wearing a bow tie, whose name is Mr. Tompkins. Esri brought Mr. Tompkins back into the Enclave, introduced him, and took him out to Tibu with instructions that he be fed. And she's going to add instructions for a box and some sand. Holy shit. Can smell that <laughs> square room. I want to say that every so often in the Enclave, someone would just get like a whiff of that ever since she got back from that food and just be like, what is that? But no one could ever figure it out. <laughs> so then originally Magpie was asked to go with Elson into the crawl space, but came with Ezra instead. So by the time they got back there, Elson's nowhere to be found. And however, it would appear that one of the, that like the sconces were were potentially messed with, or that's where the trail ended. And during their investigation of the lady sconce, Esri pulled it, and the floor opened up, and the magpie and Esri found the slide that Ilson found first. Mm-hmm. I feel like I skipped the whole part where Ilson pulled the sconce and got trapped in the tunnel, or was that the previ- previous episode? Uh, no, that was <laughs> that was literally last time. Yeah, yeah. So that happened too, obviously <laughs> before. Esri and Magpie followed Ilson down the sconce slide. We were trying to foster independence, okay? Ilson is independent. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, definitely all by herself. Yeah. Yeah. Ilson, we. You've been sliding down this slide, and you essentially are sliding down very fast. It looks like it's going to be rough. It looks like you're about to run into like some sort of wooden barrier. But when you hit it, the wood moves. It's like it's on a hinge. And you are dropped into this weird room. You can definitely see, like, broken bits of what should have been in, like, a continuation of this slide. But here you find you're in this room, beautiful masonry, much like that square room you looked at briefly and walked by. There are more of those sconces on the wall. All four walls here have two sconces each, again, a man and a woman in those togas. And then a door leading out. And then also you notice that there is a painted mural around the door, essentially depicting Lave, whereas like if the door was all of the Warrens. Okay. There's one door in this room or a door in each wall? Just one door. Okay. And then no other murals are on the wall? No other murals besides the stuff that's around the door. Well, she'll pick herself up, dust herself, grab the glow globe off the uh, floor, look around. Mm Mm-hmm. It's depicting Lathe. Is there any, like, particular detail to, like, kind of figure out what year it's from or how old it is or anything different about it that Lathe has now or doesn't have now? Ooh. So you're not from here. You've only been there for a year. Yeah. So I, I think this is, like, a 24. <sighs> Does my journalism activities help with this at all? Not unless you're going to spend XP to turn it into a thing. Damn it. Now, if you wanted to argue, maybe not that permanently, but you could maybe, for example, suggest a player intrusion where you offer me an XP to give you an asset on that based off of your journalism. No, for one asset, that wouldn't... With my luck, one asset is not enough. Yeah. All right. I'm going to roll anyway, just in case a nat 20 comes up. No, that's a four. Okay, yeah. You're not sure. It's very pretty, but it also... While it's very well done, the level of detail it's at, if there is something there, you can't spot it. You just don't have the background. Does the mural also involve the dipper in any way? It does not show the dipper. 
it's sort of like viewing it cliff on, okay. and the dipper's back over the ocean. Okay. All right. El will still make a note of that, that these people did not include the dipper with depiction of Blaze, just because I feel like the dipper is kind of a big deal, even if it doesn't do much mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Esri, you were going to try something. Oh, yeah. Esri is going to try to catch the edge of the hole with her sledge. Okay. I think it's going to be like, uh, given that you're initially falling trying to get it, I think it's like a 15. Okay. You'd have to have Mr. Tompkins, like, reflexes. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's spend a level of effort. Okay. Six. Yep, you go sliding down the slide. Magpie, you're on the slide, too, unless you're doing something else. Would sensing danger apply here? Yeah, it would. I was just about to say that. Like, you you would probably have an asset on trying to grab the edge if you were going to try to keep yourself falling. Yes, let's try it. Okay, so that edge makes it a 12. If you want to spend effort, it'll be light. Nah. Had a 17, so she's just kind of hanging on the ledge. Yeah, you catch yourself on the ledge and see Esri sliding off past you. Esri, tell me if it's safe down there, and then I'll come after you, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And a moment later, Ilsen, you can hear something sliding down, almost sort of like bumping whatever it is. It's kind of careening down the slide as opposed to just purely sliding. (laughs) And then a moment later... That same hinge pushes out as Esri is dumped onto the ground into the room. Uh, e- Esri, you made it. Oh, Ilsen. Magpie, it's uh, safe fish, safe enough. Good. Should I actually come down or should I throw a rope down? Just slide on down, Magpie. No, no, throw a rope, throw a rope. I don't know if there's an exit. Oh, throw, yeah, throw a rope. But, yep, that's smart. So 50 feet of rope? Yeah, and she's going to secure it to something. Can she secure it to the dude's guns? Sure. Dan's writing down a potential GM intrusion for us later. Just, like, not to cause any trouble, but doesn't it close on its own? Ooh. Mm. Ooh, tie it to the lady's guns so we can just pull the rope, and then we'll open up. Don't know if that'll work. Well, I think Magpie would look around to see if there's, like, anything besides these people's sconces to tie it to, because... I feel like by nature, people's sconces aren't meant to support the human body weight. So first, is is there anything else besides the people's sconces that she could attach the rope to? I don't know if there's anything, like, exposed that would be easy for you to tie it to beyond that. At least not over on this side. And while she's been searching for something to secure the rope to, has the slide closed? It is starting to close, yeah. She's gonna tug on the lady again. Just give the lady a little tug. (laughs) It opens. She's gonna experimentally try and suspend her own body weight from the lady's guns. You start, and then you you get the feeling like it's gonna come out of the wall. Mm -hmm. Like, it might sort of work. Other thing, notably, Ilsen and Ezri, you have not seen another side of rope come out here at the bottom. You gonna throw it down, Magpie? There is literally nothing to attach it to. I don't think this guy's junk can hold us, either. All right, then just come down. (laughs) Who else is up there? Go tell someone where we are and then come down. Yeah, that's what I was kind of debating. Because, you know, I'm better than certain people down the slide uh, at planning ahead. So I'm just going to go and tell someone where we are, and then I'll come and join you. Dick move, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you can go do that, Magpie. And do you guys just wait for Magpie? I think so, yeah. You're not going to explore? In the meantime, Ilsen will ask Esri about the mural. Mm. Esri, for you, this would be a 
15. Four. Yeah. It's a nice painting of Wade. Weird cult shit. In cult vibes, Ilson? I wasn't getting cult vibes, just this seems historic. I don't know anything about the history of this place. You're not getting cult vibes from the weird hidden crawl space and the nice carvings. No. And the people sconces showing rich people and the secret hidden room with the slide. Like, this isn't seeming like some secret society shit. Secret, yes. Cult, eh? It seems a little too clean to be a cult. You know what I mean? I don't know what this is. I have no idea. That's why I was asking you, since you've been here longer. Nothing comes to mind. I am going to take a look out this door, though. We don't know who else could be down here. Or what else, Ilson, as he takes a look. You peek through the door. It gives off the feeling of, like, a small sanctuary. Like, not chapel-like or anything like that. But, you know, in here, there are more murals. On the left-hand side is a mural of the Dipper floating over the well. Mm -hmm. And on the right-hand side is a mural of Lathe, again. And then painted above Lathe, essentially almost in the sky, is the figure of Ardenant, god of growth, Mm -hmm. which is the the government's preferred deity. What was the god's name? Ardenant? Yeah, well, it's A-R-D-I-N-A-T-E. Ardenant. Other than the murals in this room is what looks to be something old on the far side. It's a table, but it seems like it's made out of molded synth. It's all one piece. You don't see any other edges to it. And it has strange little knobs and levers on it. I'm not touching that. Is there a nano in the enclave? No, sadly. What does this thing look like? Imagine a control panel that kind of comes up, sort of like a T-shape. Oh, okay. But it all looks like one piece smooth metal, except for on the top, there are definitely some knobs and little levers that you can move around. Is there any indication that Ilsen would recognize of it being on? It doesn't give any visual indication of that one way or the other right now. Okay. Unless you want to try to do some sort of understanding Numenera thing. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay, so you're hindered, so it'll be a nine. All right. For flavor, Ilsen is leveraging that she's from Margothy, known for their nanos and rights. Um, I will add a level of intellect. It was a nine with the inability. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's six. God damn it. Earl three. Yeah, you're not sure if it's on or off. Mm. You guys do hear the slide thing open again <laughs> as Magpie drops in behind you. They were gracefully, and you're just like, wow, she's amazing. Who's that awesome person? <laughs> we're not in the room. We weren't watching. You're still jealous. <laughs> <laughs> From the sound, right? And Magpie, you could find them really easily because there's literally just one door in this room and it leads to exactly the room where they're in. Does she notice anything awesome while she's awesomely walking up behind them? Give me a perception roll of, well... 16? As you're coming into the room and kind of one room behind them, so there are lights in this room, incidentally. It's being illuminated from the ceiling. You can't really see any mechanism for it. That just seems to be where light is coming from. And because they're walking ahead of you, you see from just where Esri's shadow stops, it calls out some contrast for you along one corner there. And you see what looks to be a small metal or synth device. Gonna go and bust on my gate that. Okay. Wow. I like a wow. You find a cipher on close examination. I mean, this is definitely prior world, but it does 
for some reason seem slightly familiar, if not exactly the same kind of thing. What you have found, and again, it's like you're remembering it from something written in a textbook, is a fact finder. You can attach it to a creature. That creature can then be asked three simple questions. The questions allow the device mechanics to calibrate to the wearer's response. After that, the device will shock the wearer, doing damage equal to the cipher level, every time they say something that is not true. The effect lasts for five additional questions. Holy crap. And uh, roll 1d6. Three. Okay, it is a level three fact finder, so it does three damage when it shocks the creature that lies. So we got a a lie detector that actually works. (laughs) Does this shrine room have any other doors leading out of it? Nope. Uh, so we do know anybody in Lathe who could figure this out. Who, who's the oldest person in uh, the Enclave? Probably Tibu. Think she would know any of this? Like what it means? I, I'm pretty sure she doesn't know this exists. Do you think she would recognize the architecture, masonry, the art style? I mean, we might as well ask. Hmm. I mean, what about uh, the device? I uh, do you know a nano you can trust to bring down here? Because otherwise, I don't. I don't know anything about this. I. <laughs> I'm so, I'm not touching any of these buttons. There's no one that I trust to bring in here. That's not one of us. Magpie, do you have an opinion on this thing? What thing? But I got a present. And she, like, shows off her new cipher. That's cool. Do you know what this does, though? Well, it's for you, Esri. So let me look at this thing. Maybe I'll get another present. D- no, 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 don't. Please don't break it down. It might do something, like, get us out of here. So... Would lore work on looking at it? It would have to be Numenera, understanding Numenera. Mm, only salvage. <laughs> no understanding, only break. Only break. <laughs> I mean, what would the flat roll be with plus three? Well, so Ilsa was even trying to figure it out from an easier standpoint. Ilsa was just trying to figure out if it was on. So with your hindrance, it's probably an 18. Ezreal, give it a shot, too, because why not? I'm going to use a level of effort. Okay. I got a 10. <laughs> it looks very shiny to Ezri. So shiny. I have a good feeling about this lever. I got a 16. Does that help if I used a level of effort? I forgot yeah. the number immediately. Yes, that would do it. This is definitely some sort of control panel. What it controls, given that it's prior world, is probably, if not in here, very close to here. The odd thing about it is that it kind of reaches the floor. You don't don't see any kind of wiring coming off of it at all. But those levers and dials definitely manipulate some sort of device somewhere, and presumably not necessarily one that the operator needs to be able to visibly see, considering that you don't see anything that seems to be directly connected to it here. I guess Magpie starts explaining the machine to them in case they understand it better than breaking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said this is prior world? I mean, do you see it every day, or is it something old and valuable? What I want to know is, is this older than this masonry? Because it looks, if Lathe is right there, then this can't be prior world, unless Lathe is insanely old. Could be. Never know. I guess we do a lore check on how old Lathe is. It's like a six for you. I got a 19. Okay. Lathe has been around for centuries. The official histories go back at least like a thousand years. Once you get farther back in its history, the reliability of the history 
becomes much more suspect because you know that imperial dynasties in Malay had a tendency to kind of make adjustments to official histories to kind of suit their needs at the time. Magpie is explaining this in a very condescending way to Ilsen. <laughs> Ilsen rolls her eyes. Okay, a thousand years, though, is not prior world. Prior world is hundreds of thousands, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Can I use my, like, minor effect? That still happens, right? I haven't been playing too much Baldur's Gate, right? <laughs> get minor effect for the night. Okay, can I use that to get, like, more information on this machine? Not on the machine, but what you can get, since this was sort of the lore on it, you know that just presumably like other places in Corpus as well and other places around everywhere. It's not necessarily the first time somebody's encountered prior world things within the vicinity of Lave, especially when you think about going through the Warrens or people like wandering through tunnels and finding new openings and things like that. It's a little unusual to have this much or presumably lay stuff built around it, but it could be that this thing was here and they built this area around it as opposed to it being one or the other. We could just push buttons until it works. We should find an exit first, at the very least, before we push buttons. Fine. <laughs> Elsen just kind of throws her hands up in the air and she's going to go into the first room and see if there's a way to open up this hinge thing. Is, is it like a trap door that kind of opens up? Yeah, it kind of is on the side. Now, you know, it does look like this slide was supposed to come down like a little bit more gently into here, but that it's sort of just broken off at that point. The hinge will move back and forth, no problem. Okay. Uh, Esri, can you boost me up here? A piece? Yep, you got it. <laughs> Esri will come over and put her hands together to give Ilsen a boost. And then with that, can I, Ilsen try to, I guess, pull the, grab the hinge and then pull it, pull it or open it? In a way? Yeah. Easily enough. You see the slide going up. All right. And then turning, because it's sort of like curved on the way down. Um, all right, then is there a way to use some rocks or debris to kind of like jam in the hinge in a way that it stays open? Yeah, you could do that. You wouldn't even need to roll for it. It's simple enough. I mean, the problem is that if like somebody else came down, that's not going to hold it open if it gets whacked all the way open again or something like that. Sure. Or, or if you guys are crawling back up through it. But yeah, you can hold it held open for now. All right, then uh, with my own rope, I'll let a little rope down and put the hinge open, let the rope down so that Magpie and Ezri can pull up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once we're all up, I guess we try to climb a slide. Or should this be like a one person at a time kind of thing? Probably a one person at a time thing, because it's probably going to take two rolls to get yourselves up. And if somebody in front fails, oh sure, they're going to come down and knock everybody out. All right. Uh, hey, how much rope do uh, you two have? The normal amount. 15 meters. All right. Well, I'll take my rope. One of you tie your rope at the end of this rope, and then we'll I'll try to get to the top side and attach this to something. All right. I'll catch you if you fall. Thank you, Pebbles. Anytime, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ilson's trying to climb up the slide. Yeah, and then once she is out of view of the other two, she'll use her hover ability to help her with this task. Okay. So to get up to the point where they can't see them will require a roll first. Okay. It's only like a 12. All right. Trained in careful movements. Yeah, that's fine. And speed or might? Might. Yeah. Level and might to bring it to a six. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Why? <laughs> what did you roll? Roll a four. Oh. Ilsen get, starts climbing, slips, and slides right back out the slide. Uh, uh, it's very slippery. All right. I'll try. <laughs> 
Good luck. Here's the rope. <laughs> it's um, it's not a very wide slide, right? Because it was in a very wide hallway. So Esri will try to brace herself like between the lips or the edges of the slide and shimmy up like that. Okay. She takes the rope. Yeah. Okay. So give me a twelve. Use a strength. Seventeen. Okay. So you make it up this first section of slide where you're kind of curved around and like clearly all the way out of sight of them. You can see up higher the challenges that it's all dark because the trapdoor would have shut again when Magpie came down. But you did tell it people about it. Mm-hmm. It's true. So could you like knock on the hatch? <laughs> Try. Um, so that's 15 to get up to the trapdoor because this first bit is more steep. Okay, white effort. Okay. 15? Okay, you get up to this trap door and you can see it's actually kind of a clever looking lever there that opens it and then shuts it. Okay, can you guys see the rope? Yeah, we have three ropes tied to each other, right? I believe so. We still have the rope then? All right, so Esri will try to pull the lever and climb out of the hatch. Okay, so you press in on this like mechanism. The trapdoor opens very suddenly, even though it doesn't have weight on it. Like it just barely misses your face as it's coming past. I was wondering how that was gonna work. Yeah, you climb out of here back into that weird corridor between the walls. All right. So she's going to stand firmly on her feet, tighten her abs, hold open the sconce, say, All right, come on up. Okay. Who wants to climb? They have an asset now because there's a rope. And Esri's helping. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> I guess Magpie's going up. Esri's literally using herself as an anchor. I feel like that's helping. <laughs> okay. Magpie's going. Okay, so this first climb then would be Esri helps for two, and it's rope. So it's uh, three. Not 20. You definitely climb up to that midpoint. What would you propose as a major effect? While she's going up the slide, can she be using her boots to kind of kick dents in the slide to make little footholds? I like that. I like that. For the baby. Maybe making... Okay. So then you reach the next bit, and if this is a... Normally it would be a 15, so it's a 6. 11. Okay. You get up, you climb up that rope like a squirrel running up the side of a tree. Yeah. Dice know my characters are meant to climb. <laughs> so, Ilson. Ilson will follow Magpie up. So, it's a three. Um, I have careful movement. It's a freebie to get up to the first one. And then it becomes a six to get up the rest of the way. With all the uh, assets and stuff? Mm-hmm. Fourteen. Okay. You climb up that rope and come out into the hallway. Do you guys want to pull the other sconce while we're here? Just to check. Sure. Magpie does it. Esri takes a big step back. <sighs> okay. Magpie, you tug on the mail. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> I reach into the game and high-five Magpie. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find any other way of saying that. Like, I don't know if you saw like the panic in my eyes. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to change mid-course. You gave the um, statue a reach-around. <laughs> you grip firmly. Oh, no. <laughs> you grab the mail sconce and hold on to it until something happens. 
what happens is a trap door above you opens up and it's like gravity suddenly shifts and you go flying up out of this room and into some sort of dangerous sense. You're going to try to catch yourself before you go into the tunnel? I mean, I can just dangle from his dangle. Poor guy. They're, they're clothed. I want to emphasize that. Yeah, but you can definitely like feel the bulge underneath the toga. Oh. The carvings are they got way yeah. into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that that carving that's so delicate, it's like you can like see the veins. See, like the drape of the cloth across. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of danger sense, that's the reason why you're going to have a chance to do this. So I think it is going to be... Because it was like gravity yanked you really hard. So I think it's going to be a 15. Your danger sense will give you a 12. That maybe you adapt to it. So here's the bigger question. Does this gravity like switcheroo of impact Ilsen and Esri? Only you, because you were the only one that was standing beside it. Fair. 12. Okay. Ah! You managed to keep a grip of the sconce. The problem is, is that because you're keep well, actually, because you're going up, it shifts back into place, and then the trapdoor shuts, and you fall flat onto the ground. How's it going, Magpie? Still better than baby. I'm questioning your definition of better now. My definition is you would be in that hole. At least I won't have a bloody nose. Eh, potato, potato. I think maybe we should plan for this exploration a little bit more. Uh, we should get more rope. More more rope for sure. And then Ezri looks down and she sees that the rope got caught in the trap door. She's like, God damn it. Goes <laughs> <laughs> and she retrieves the rope. Yeah, some first aid kits, some useful ciphers, some grappling. I don't know, whatever we can. Some stronger anchor points that we can put around these trap doors. Yeah. Could we uh, get some Enclave members to figure out how to keep these trap doors open while we poke around? I'm pretty sure we could just tie a rock to the sconce with a rope. Maybe. Add some weight. We could do... Wait, Al, how is that going to work with both sconces open? Or with both trap doors open? Why would we open them both? So that they stay open? I, I, this is your building, so you you got the final choice here. We'll talk it over with the crew. Magpie. Am I the crew? You're part of the crew? Everybody in the Enclave is part of the crew? I know, but... Including Mr. Tompkins? Yes. A very vital part of the crew, unlike what Baby said. I, I didn't say anything. Is this a walk and talk as you guys are heading back to the Enclave? Yes. Ezri is trying to get through and out of this crawl space with these two as fast as she possibly can. <laughs> it's like herding cats. Somehow Ilsen is in front, Magpie's in the back, and Ezri is just caught in the middle of Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Ezri, you emerge back into the Enclave. Fifteen minutes later. I want to be clear. <laughs> yeah. And as you walk back into sort of the main area of the Enclave, you almost bump into Yasmin. And she's like, oh, Ezri, I was getting worried. You've been in there a long time. There's some weird shit in there, Yasmin. Well, I mean, you know what Tiva would ask, right? You know, should we post a guard? I think so. Yeah. Don't touch the dude. Lady is okay. We'll post the guard inside this room. Okay. Let's get uh, Sarkis to board this up most of the way. We'll just leave enough room for um, Mr. Tompkins. Mr. Tompkins? The creature that's been eating the food. I thought we wanted to get rid of the pests. Turns out Mr. Tompkins is sentient and talks and is stinking cute, so... Oh, okay. I just didn't know that there was anything else here. Me either. 
Yasmin, do you know what this building was before it became HQ? I mean, I got here a couple of years ago with Esri, and, you know, I'm only 17. Oh, okay. Samson, for some reason, thought Yasmin was an old woman. No. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, do you happen to know anybody who knows a lot about the history of Leith? Most of us don't try to talk to anybody outside the Enclave unless we have to. They send me out for supplies sometimes. But, I mean, most of us came together in the same place, the workhouse. They don't teach classes on architecture at the workhouse. But Ilsa know what the workhouse is? I think you would know in general that, like, it's not uncommon for people to either as a penalty for a crime or a variety of other reasons in to get assigned to a workhouse, which is just hard physical labor. And that's how you earn your keep, the fact that you get food and board or anything like that. Okay, so labor camp, basically? Labor camp prison? Yeah, usually inside the city. Okay. Wait, you were both in the workhouse? Yeah, we were, till Ezri got us out. Would Ezri have shared this at any point? Is this, like, is this common knowledge? I'm sure the wanted posters are... Well, that was for the uh, Senator Stibbs thing. And not the no. not the heist, though, before that. No, Ezri has wanted posters... Yeah, but... So there's wanted posters for the cop mask, and there are wanted posters searching for Ezri's stonebreaker. Yeah, but I'm asking if we would have known that Ezri was at the workhouse, because I thought some of that was stuff that Ezri doesn't talk about. Um, I, If she did, she yeah, I'm sure she was just like, yep, we were at the workhouse. <laughs> we got out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that mm-hmm. it's a secret. She just doesn't talk about the time there too much. Okay. But it is why when Ilson was like, he said you're a cop killer. Looking for a cop killer. Ezra's like a shrug. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. But yeah, you guys would know that they escaped the workhouse and there are some questions surrounding Ezri and the death of a magistrate and several guards. Mm. Okay. I got nothing else for Yasmin. Okay. Well, um, see you later, Ezri. See ya. She goes off and she starts heading towards her bed. It's not very late right now either. It's evening. I mean, you guys had dinner, but it's not really like bedtime here. It's been weird. Ezri, to be fair, this Mr. Tompkins thing is kind of insane. Mr. Tompkins is insane? Uh, the whole situation is insane. That you just found the pest that you were trying to get rid of, you suddenly be petted and are bringing it through the house? I encountered a sentient talking being. I felt like at that point, negotiation was preferable to murder. And what did you negotiate? That Mr. Tompkins would live here and that we would feed him so that he doesn't have to destroy our stores. What, should I kick him out? I... Should I kick out the talking sentient creature that knows about our enclave and where we're hidden? Ilson is so, so heartless. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. God damn it. (laughs) You hear that, Mr. Tompkins? She wants to get rid of you. You actually don't see Mr. Tompkins anywhere out here right now. Magpie's just speaking it into the air like she assumes Mr. Tompkins can hear everything. Because <laughs> she's having fun during this shit. Why not? Mr. Tompkins can apparently talk. Why not? Why, w- why wouldn't Mr. Tompkins be able to hear everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My point is, if Mr. Tompkins is sapient and can talk, whatever. Not sapient. You should be suspicious about that. Sapient? Sentient? Sapient, yeah. You said he could talk. He's sapient. Sentient. I think we're sapient. Sapient is intelligent, like human intelligence. Sentient is just alive and aware. So cats, normal cats are sentient, but they're not sapient. How dare you? I thought there was debate with like the mirror test. 
we're homo sapiens. That's where it comes from, sapiens. I think you're downgrading Mr. Tompkins' intelligence to that of people. You hear what baby is doing to you, Mr. Tompkins? <laughs> Elsan just kind of waves a hand at Magpie. Tivu calls from across the room. Can you guys keep it down? <laughs> I can't even hear myself think. Wait, Tivu's trying to sleep? No, she's just trying to focus on something that she's working on. I think she's actually honestly knitting. Tibu, can I show you something? Sure, just a second. And she makes a couple purling and nodding, and then she stops and sets it aside. Like, okay, what do you want to show me? The weird shit in here. I'm not I'm not going in there. Okay. Well, if you go in there, turn left, there's a T. If you go right, you find Mr. Tompkins' living space. Uh-huh. If you go left, you find two sconces that when pulled open two different trapdoors, one of which reverses gravity, one of which goes down a slide into a hidden room, which leads into another hidden room that has a strange device. And I just want to make sure everyone stays away from this area. All right, that we can do. And that a guard is posted here in this room. Okay, I'll ask around. Something wrong, Tibu? It's just the, you know, first moment I've had to myself all day. Okay. I There's a lot of work that I do here when you're gone. I know. I thought that this was important for you to know. Yep. All right. Go, uh, yeah. Well. You just asked if something was wrong. Uh, sorry for bothering you. Um, I'll tell the rest of the, of the crew. <sighs> she just kind of walks away. <sighs> you guys staying for the night? Uh, yeah, yes. I, I'm very curious about, uh, the reverse gravity trap door. I want to know what's up there. Probably not going tonight. Why not? It's only early evening. I'm not going to go out to get supplies on account of being extremely wanted. I guess we can see what we have here. I just want to take a few more things back there. Okay. What are you looking for in particular? Would the Enclave have, like, what are they called? Pythons? Patons? Basically, like, stakes that you can drive into the ground and then tie a rope. I actually don't think anybody else in the Enclave besides Esri and you guys would probably carry that kind of stuff. Because the rest of this group, they can do what they need to do, but they're not, like, exploring types. Yeah, but we do have spikes, three each, in our explorer's packs. Oh, I mean, there's more than just glow globes and rope in there? <laughs> what? Did you think I was just, like, last campaign, just, like, pulling... Daniel's just like, yeah, you have all that random shit, sure. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I bet there's drugs. We're so prepared, it's like we've been doing this for years. It's so weird. I keep this on my character sheet. I don't know what you guys do. Not keep it on my character sheet? <laughs> I just remember that there's rope and glow globes and that's it. That's all we need. What else do you need to know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have a grappling hook, too. I don't know why. Oh, um, you don't have that anymore because that's what you stole from Ilsen. Okay. You stole it from Ilsen and then Ferdinand gave it back to her. Yeah. I was looking at it like, that doesn't make sense. I guess while those two are figuring out a plan... And supplies, as we will give her brief tours of the space to the rest of the crew who's awake <laughs> and assign Geeth to guard it. Okay. Yep. You guys can do all that. Kind of sensing the mood of Tivu, Ilsen will just kind of very casually like, hey, Tivu, I know you've uh, had a long day. Can I ask you a few questions? Just <sighs> She just like takes a deep breath. She's like, how can I help you, Ilsen? I Thank you very much. Uh, do you... How, how much do you know about the history of Leif? Just what I was taught. Okay. Uh, 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 do you know anything about what this building was before Yonkleif? This building's condemned. Who knows what it was for? 
I mean, it looks like there were some residents and stuff like that, but everything else I know about this is when Ezra and us moved into here about two years ago. You wouldn't believe the shit hole we were in before that. I probably would not. Thank you so much. You have fun with what you're doing. And Elsine will get out of the get out of her face. She's like back to like almost aggressively knitting at this point. Ezri's standing in the doorway just staring daggers at Ilsen. Oh, what? Like you were having a better conversation? I just wanted to ask her a question. Tipu does a lot of work around here when we're gone, okay? <laughs> I, yes, I know. Alright, you guys ready? Mm. Absolutely. Okay. I keep mishearing it and my brain autofills Timu like the skin, like the website and I'm just like, no. Uh, I've always been saying Tivu. But yeah, it's 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 probably where you're from. You know what 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 is a B sound? What is a V sound? What are letters? Oh, and is it an aspirated one or is it not? Is it the B or the P? Probably why else Tibu's pissed is everyone keeps saying her name wrong. <laughs> yeah, she seemed mm-hmm. pretty exasperated to me. Fair. She's like, I feed them, I clothe them, do the laundry. <laughs> All right, Geese. So what what are you guys doing? Are you posting a guard and then doing what? Going back. With our spikes and our zest for exploration. Okay. You go through these walls and are you going back to the sconces? Or are you going to any of the other rooms? Um, I think we're checking up on the uh, male sconce and yeah. Okay. So you go over to the male sconce. We secure our spikes. We tie our ropes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or our rope. Because then wouldn't it be like going down, right? I guess Ezra will go first. Okay. And are you tugging the sconce then? She is. The trapdoor opens and you feel like gravity shifts and you start getting pulled. Like you do have a hold of the rope because you were prepared for this. You knew this was going to happen. But for a moment, it is an eerily familiar feeling to that one panicky moment when you first slipped on the stairs. Woo! Kind of slide into this like tunnel and then you stop because you're holding onto the rope. So it's another slide? Just It's not a slide. It's more like a straight path and you're just hanging off the rope you know a little ways into this tunnel oh got it she'll start to rappel down i guess or up (laughs) okay yeah you rappel down and you reach another entry room similar to the one where the slide came out below except that you're kind of coming down from the ceiling in here it looks like there was originally, like, maybe something intended to be, like, softer here in case people fell harder than they expected. You know, as you kind of come out hanging from this rope, you feel something almost stomach turning. And that is, as you're hanging off this rope, you kind of turn one moment, and as you're turning, your shoulder kind of goes past the plane, this opening that you came out and you suddenly feel an equally opposing force of gravity oh interesting so she'll swing into the alternative gravity okay you swing into the alternative gravity and beginning falling up towards the ceiling that you just came out of which you now realize is the floor but you're swinging so give me some sort of speed or might based roll of nine to avoid falling the wrong way nine okay you man like you swing you feel the gravity shifting and you twist your body around so that you land on your feet nice and the rope kind of like looks like it's flopping back and then as soon as it hits the plane it starts going up again like it's being pulled down i grab my hand when you come down 
Ilsen will hop on up. I think she's going to put her like arm around the rope and then like slide up down. Okay. Yeah. You start sliding up down and you eventually reach the the bottom of this section and you kind of come out and you can see that Esri is standing from your perspective on the ceiling as you're um, coming out. Boo. And Esri will hold out her hand to swing Ilsen over. Ilsen will take it. Okay. Ilsen does not need to roll for this. You come down naturally. <laughs> what a crazy experience. Magpie? Magpie goes down. I didn't want to, like, like rush after Ilsen and then get a good roll and accidentally, like, punch her in the head with a boot. That's a good roll? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you come down this uh, thing and you come out as you're climbing down this rope out into this new room, you see what looks like Ilsen and Esri standing upside down on the ceiling. Oh, this is fun. Take my hand. <laughs> he does. Okay. Um, Magpie, you will have to be a three. Not a three. It's harder than it looks. I got a four. How's that? <laughs> okay. So you come swinging out and land on your feet. She does like the gymnast pose. So in this room, notably, is two murals. Again, one on one side of the dipper and the well, and on the other side, a mural of lay. There's a door in the middle of each mural. And these are the same murals, like exact same, that we saw in the basement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you even see art in it. I feel good about this dipper door. What do you think? What do you guys think? Sure. I mean, I think maybe we should look through them both. I'll go first. <laughs> As we pops her head in through the dipper door first. Okay. Inside that room, you see it's pretty wide and circular. That room seems to be mostly lined with synth. This is prior world all the way. This is not part of the structure that was built here. There are faint lavender, like diode lights that are lighting up in various places along the wall. And there is this strange, constant hum that sort of you can almost feel like it vibrating your insides a little bit in this space. And in the center of that space is this... It's sort of like anvil-shaped, but not. Like, the sides are too smooth. It's like somebody like made putty in the shape of an anvil. But it is floating in the center in sort of a beam of pink light. And it's just sort of hovering there and turning slowly. All right, some prior world stuff over here. And then Ezreal walked to the other door and peek her head in that one. The lions emerge. Yes! No. Oh. <laughs> you open that door, and inside you see a room. It looks like a small, like, workroom or something like that. I mean, you've never seen an office like this before. And it's got these shelves built along the walls. And on them, you see, like, what looks to be a couple different shapes of, like, crystalline material. You find what looks to be a couple pieces that could be ciphers. And then also, like, an oddly shaped human skull. I think we should check out this room first, actually, Ilsen. Seems like someone worked down here. You said uh, this is kind of like an office workshop in the... Uh... Yeah. But again, it's it doesn't match the rest of the architecture here. This is synth walls all the way around. Even the workshop? That the workshop is. So the workshop is like that, and then that other room 
on the Dipper side was also, well, the Dipper room side was even worse. It was like being inside a machine instead of it just being flat synth. Mm. Yeah, Ilsen will follow Ezri into the, uh, the lathe room, start poking around, and start seeing, like, what this workshop was all about. Okay. I mean, most of these tables of desks seem, or rather, it's, it's really only like a one-person spot. The desks and whatnot, they're made of synth. They're not... They don't look like lathe stuff, but you don't really have a way to know that. I mean, Margothy is puts more of the prior world at things they have more front and center. So it, none of it really looks out of the ordinary. The crystalline objects, you'd have to check them out to be more sure what they are. There are two devices up there on the shelves. One's egg-shaped, and it's probably an egg that's about... It's like the size of an emu's egg, essentially, but clearly like a piece of electronics. And the other one is more of a cube that's about an inch on each side. And then there is the kind of weirdly shaped human skull. Um, I think Elsen will be... I think Elsen would probably be taken by the crystalline objects. Okay. She'll poke at those. Literally poke at them? Um, yeah. Why not? Okay. So you poke at one of the two crystals and it lets out this, like, almost bell-like ringing... It's sort of pretty, but when it reaches its apex, it's a very sharp sound, like uncomfortably so in the ears. Uh, does it eventually fade or does it keep rising? Yeah, it fades. Okay. It only makes the sound while you're touching it. Oh, okay. Do they all do that? She'll just lightly touch each of the crystalline objects in turn. You touch one of the crystalline objects. This one is sort of pinkish purple. And as you touch it, oddly, the color from it seems to fade and it just becomes almost like dull, drab rock. All right. Uh, where are these, like, positioned in the room? Are these, like, on their own shelf? Like, is this on, a, like, it's on display or... Yeah, it's like the, it's like there's three shelves around the angles of this room. There's the one with the crystalline objects, there's the one with the skull, and then there's the one with the devices. Okay. All right. Um, Ilsen's not going to take these. Mm-hmm. So she'll move on to the other fun tchotchkes in the room, unless somebody else wants to get to those first. Well, I assume somebody else is looking at them while you're looking at the crystals. Sure. Okay. These look like two ciphers. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I like how everything she looks at becomes a cipher. Me too. (laughs) That could be bad for us. Mm. What do you mean? Cipher sickness doesn't exist? So, the egg, you realize once you're looking at it more closely, this is very much a aggressive cipher. What you found is an Overwatch Slayer. Overwatch 2, I got it. (laughs) Once activated, this device functions for 28 hours. If a creature with hostile intent comes within long range, the device immediately fires a blast of energy that inflicts damage equal to the Cypher level. It continues to fire once per round for a number of rounds equal to the Cypher level. Once the device is done firing, it is no longer active. Please roll 1d6. 4. This is a level 7 Overwatch Slayer. Jesus! The cube is an anchor stone. If you submerge the device in water, it causes it to swell into a boulder about 5 feet in diameter that weighs 500 pounds. Are, are we gonna just, like, cement shoes somebody? I, I'm, a, I'm imagining those, like, called tricky dinks, but, like, those, like, grow-your-own, like, boyfriend kind of things. Like- oh, yeah! And then they expand, Yeah. <laughs> But this one's a fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine reverse pickpocketing that rock into somebody and then shoving them in a lake? That'd be amazing. 
Alex, we need to trick somebody into eating that. Oh, oh God, they would explode. Dan, I need you to prepare an NPC for us to kill. They would explode. It, <laughs> would they explode or would it just slowly expand? Like They would explode slow? because it would start accumulating moisture in their throat. I don't think they would explode. Though. I think it would be like a small explosion. Like I'm imagining this thing just slowly growing and growing over like a minute. And they just kind of... Yeah, but they would choke by that and explode. We'll, ha- we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to do experiments. <laughs> I have one open cyber slot if you're l- looking to shuffle things around. I'm going to give you the filament detonation because I kind of want the exploding stream. So you're giving Esri the Overwatch Slayer then? Or are you holding on I to think that? I'm holding on to it because I can't figure out if I have any vacant slots or not. I guess I'll hold on to this and Daniel will tell me if I get diseases or not. Yeah, so if I so I have the filament detonator, you now have the uh, Overwatch Slayer and the one-inch cube. So that's what you have. Okay. The exploding shrinky dink. Yes. Okay. So you guys have harvested the ciphers in here. When now? Uh, is Ezri going to check out the skull? Ezri will check out the skull. Okay. The weird shaping is along its bottom, and when you get close to it, you see why. It is a human skull, but the teeth are shaped like insects. And as you approach, they begin to stir. Razor-tipped wings begin to open. And as they detach from the skull, they begin to fly directly at your face. And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh, man. Hey, thanks for checking on that, Ezra. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Thanks for suggesting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, something about this episode. I am frustrated by Magpie, but I do love the character stuff between Magpie and Ilsen. It's kind of a fun dynamic. Yeah, I guess you call it a dynamic. <laughs> I view it as siblings. Do you have siblings? Because I feel like this is a sibling dynamic. I do have siblings. It wouldn't have lasted this long. Aw, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I guess they haven't farted on your pillow and tried to get the bingo yet. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Uh, I would say I also liked uh, Tibu. Mm-hmm. I just like that she was kind of cranky, even though she's an ally. Just mm-hmm. cranky with uh, everybody. And cranky with uh, Esri. Yeah. And then I'm also liking all this uh, secret bullshit that's happening in this building. I like that. So I, I have to tell you guys something. In my original plan... I had only intended to drop a clue about Mr. Tompkins there. I didn't know that you would immediately jump up and go look at it because I figured there were other things that could have been more important to your time if you had let the first clue slide by. Uh, So I was going to see how long I could stretch it out. But then once you started looking at it, I was like, oh, well, they've got to find him now. (laughs) Mysterious animal creature in the HQ. Yeah, we're going to. Sorry, couldn't have dangled a better hook. We Mm -hmm. I I am a simple player. (laughs) Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener and XP, to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Alex's turn. Hello. And Alex, what would you offer our listeners and XP to check out? I'm going to be a jabroni and say Baldur's Gate 3. Wow. Okay. I know. It's it's quite entertaining because I haven't played D&T in years. Like, I played it once, left... Never looked back. And so whenever I roll like a 20 or something, I'm sitting here like, okay, so where's my major effect? And they're all like, no, you just succeed and be happy about it. And I'm like, suck my nugget. No, you succeed really good. 
yeah, but it's just like, congratulations, that's it. And I'm like, you should like make them do something amazing for me because I rolled so good, but not. But it's a lot of fun. Okay, so when I started playing, I played it like I play Numenera, where you just like, la 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 la, what's a character sheet? <laughs> I only know two things. <laughs> and I learned that you cannot do that even on easy mode. So it's helping me learn how to read my character sheet and try and utilize skills more often. As you saw in this episode where I was just, I was thinking about what my character can do and how that will further the story and how I can use my skills to aid me. And it was, I think it is a good learning experience. And Daniel is rewarding us with animal companions. As long as no one eats the animal companions, we are all fine. Uh, was that on the table? I mean, it's always on the table, but. Especially in the ninth world. Can you live with it? Yeah. Can you live with that table? Mm -hmm. Well, cool. If people wanted to tell us what they think of Baldur's Gate 3, or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, we have a website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, you'll see all the socials that we are currently acknowledging. On Mastodon, we are at explorerswanted at dice.camp. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at explorerswantedpodcast. But the best place to hang out with us and talk to us is explorerswanted.fm slash discord. Come hang out in the discord. It's a nice, chill place. We talk about plants and animals and memes and video games and all that. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorerswanted is the best place to support us. And please use our dice affiliate code with Die Hard Dice. Type in explorerswanted at checkout and get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. Best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them why you like the show, why they should listen to it. Second best thing is to write us a five-star review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That makes a big difference for people finding the show. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, liberate yourself from mainstream beauty standards. Consider a facial degloving today. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I have wanted nothing more than to tear my skin off for the past week. All this fucking heat. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. I'm sorry, but no glove, no love. I am Tea with Unicorn <laughs> on Threads, Instagram, and Twitch. And I am in the Discord, I promise. Until Daniel catches me building that Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.